Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Welcome on inside another edition of How She Did It. I'm so excited you've decided to join me today. Make sure you subscribe, that way you never miss an episode. So today's guest grew up going to games at Miller Park as a fan, and now you can see her covering them as the Milwaukee Brewers reporter on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Here is Sophia Minert. Amanda Smith here with Sophia Minert. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We were just like reminiscing on our our Midwestern connection here. Yes, yes. I I love talking to my fellow Midwest girls. So great to hear that you have a Midwest connection from Illinois, even if you may support a rival team. But um... (laughs) oh my gosh, I thought that was a private conversation. Yes, I'm a Cubs fan. It's fine. But I love the Brewers. I love Miller Park. You guys are all great. Don't come after me. <laughs> this is this is proof that Brewers and Cubs people can get along. So this is, I think, a good thing to put out into the world. <laughs> Regardless of my experiences at the park with Brewers and Cubs fans near each other, this is like the bridge. We're doing the baseball fans a favor here. Changing the world. I, what can I say? So you have compared your childhood to that of remember the Titans, yeah. the young girl growing up with brothers playing sports, your dad, a high school football coach. What sort of influence would you say your family had on wanting to pursue this now as a career? Huge influence. Um, and I do share that with people of like, if you've seen, remember the Titans, that was <laughs> definitely my life, you know? And when that movie came out, I think I was like a freshman in high school or eighth grade, somewhere around there. And people asked me, like, you could have been that girl. Like, you could have been <laughs> cast as um, Hayden Penetier, who plays the coach's daughter. Um, a different life. Yeah, right? I mean, I wish. But <laughs> it was just it was just kind of how it shaped, like, our childhood and our family life. Like, it, we all bought in, right? Like, it just became a family thing. My mom was always extremely supportive um, of my dad teaching and coaching and he recently retired from the coaching part of it, but he did go into the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame. You know, he has coached for like over 30 years. So um, basically that's all I knew growing up was Friday nights. We went to football games and I would go to practices and we would help out in the weight room and we would help sort equipment. And, you know, it just, we did whatever we could to help out our dad. And then, you know, my brothers played for him in high school as well. I have two younger brothers. So that's just what I grew up around. And, you know, my dad made it fun for us. He included it, included us in everything. Um, And then I think when I got, as I got older, I got really into the media part of it, you know? So then I would Saturday morning read the newspaper and see what the game story was or see what was written about the game. And then I would talk to my dad about it and say, oh, well, you know, why did you say this? Or why did you make this comment? Or that's not really what happened, you know? Like I would sort of start critiquing that kind of stuff. And I think that was what sort of planted the seed, right? Is seeing sports writers, seeing, local sports people coming out and covering the games and just having attended so many games. I think that's what kind of planted the seed for me of, of wanting to do this for a career of like, Hey, you can be the person asking the questions and writing the stories and and doing the reports and all of that. So 
definitely grew up in a sports family. Like my dad put us in everything. My mom was extremely supportive of us doing whatever we wanted. So um, yeah, it's, it's just funny kind of how it all started really when I was a kid. You said that when you first got to Marquette, you weren't sure if you wanted to go into print or TV. Then you interned at ESPN and it was kind of decided for you. What ultimately made that decision? Yeah. So I think, you know, I knew from the start that I wanted to be in media and I wanted to be in sports, but I didn't really know what that looked like. Like I wasn't one of those people that grew up and was like, I want to be on TV. Like that just, I wanted to be in sports media. And I just didn't know. I was like, do I want to write? Do I want to do, you know, uh, magazine feature writing? Do I want to do television? Do I want to do radio? I think I knew sports media, that was it. But like what it actually looks like, I wasn't quite sure. So when I went to Marquette, um, I chose to do a journalism and a Spanish double major because I knew that kind of no matter what I ended up doing, you still need to know how to write well. And I figured that journalism would at least give me that foundation of having really strong writing skills, reporting skills, and then I could hopefully figure it out from there. And so it was my junior year um, and Marquette brought in a speaker, Rob King, who at the time was the editor-in-chief of ESPN.com. Well, I made it like my mission to stalk for <laughs> Rob. And I met with him and we had a great conversation about like women and sports and roles. And um, I went to his presentation that night, the lecture hall, and he mentioned our conversation and the speech. And I'm like blown away, right? I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I was just stunned that he even remembered my name, let alone anything of our conversation. So I went up to him after the lecture hall and I thanked him obviously for coming and you know, for the speech and just spending the day at Marquette and connected with him about the internship program because I had, you know, already done my research and I just knew I was like, what a phenomenal experience that would be right to go to intern there. So he connected me and I ended up doing um, a phone interview with them before I actually went to study abroad in Madrid as part of my Spanish major. Um, I found out in February I was getting the internship had to come back early from Spain a little bit early so I could get out to Bristol, Connecticut um, for the internship. But I think being in that environment of, you know, they have a phenomenal internship program and it's really hands on. You know, we were working in studio production. So this is the summer of 2008. So we were working on Sports Center. We were working on Baseball Tonight. The Olympics were happening that summer. It was also the year that they started doing live Sports Centers, which is mm. in the morning. So it it like sounds really crazy now in hindsight, but like that was a huge deal for ESPN to start doing a live sports center in the morning. So we were a part of creating the content, you know, we would be assigned a baseball game or whatever event, WNBA, whatever event was going on that night. And then we were responsible for, you know, editing, um, doing the shot sheets, writing the scripts, delivering to the anchors. We were evaluated every night, you know, by our supervisors. And I think just being in that environment, seeing all these iconic people, right, that you grow up watching, watching them do their thing day in and day out, and also the village around them that it takes to do live television every day. I think for me, that was what really cemented like live TV. Like I just loved being in that environment of that challenge every day, Every day being different, you know, the content being different, the challenges being different. Um, I got to shadow some incredibly kind people. You know, that was another thing about the internship is it was very much like 
it's up to you what you want this experience to be. Email people, call people, set up meetings, ask to shadow. So I did that, you know, I spent a week on College Football Live. I connected with a lot of the people there. And I think coming back from my senior year at Marquette, I made it then like, okay, now I need to sort of change gears a little bit and figure out how do I get into this TV world? And so I ended up doing a year long internship with an ABC affiliate in Milwaukee to just start doing all the things that you need to do, you know, like going, you know, working in a studio, doing stand-ups, messing up a hundred times, um, just doing all of that. So it was, that's kind of a long winded answer, but it really was that time at ESPN and the interactions I had and just that introduction to live television that for me kind of sealed the deal. You had mentioned your major in Spanish. There were a lot of questions this week of yeah. how or why you know how to speak Spanish. Your mom is from Costa Rica, so you said you grew up speaking Spanish. You studied it all through school. What have you found now being able to use language as a way to connect with others in your career? Yeah, and this is where you know I think my parents really have equal parts of influence um, in my career. You know, a lot of people here locally know my dad because of coaching and, um, and and that's a huge part of how I grew up. But just as much, if not more, is is the part that my mom played in, you know, I was the first child in my family. She comes from a huge family. She's the third of eight kids. Um, when she got married, she moved to the U.S. so that my dad could continue teaching and coaching. Like that was a huge sacrifice that she made at the time. And still, all of her family is still in Costa Rica. She's, you know, we're the only ones on that side of the family that live here in the U.S. So it was a huge sacrifice on her part. And she made it very clear, you know, that we were not going to ignore, you know, that part of our family. Like, we, you know, they did everything they could to get us down there every year for Christmas and sometimes twice a year if we could do that. Um, if we could go in the summer or a different part of the year, she would have her family come up and spend time with us in Madison where I grew up. And I think when we were growing up, the biggest thing she did was because my grandparents don't speak any English and I was the first grandchild, um, she spoke nothing but Spanish with us at home, like at home and with my mom. And with my mom's family, it was all Spanish all the time. Just that's the best way you're going to learn. And so just like you learn any other language and just how you grow up in your household, right? You grow up with like what's around you. So that was something that she just was really adamant on. Like I, I need my kids to speak Spanish. I need them to be able to communicate with all of my family back in Costa Rica, our, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents, our cousins. Um, so yeah, I think... You know, she planted that seed really early. She stuck with it. You know, she um, really made it a priority for my brothers and I. And I mean, in hindsight, I could have had no idea the role that that would have played, you know, personally and professionally in my career. She did it out of love and out of family. Um, But I mean, now working in Major League Baseball, where the number of players that are Latin in the league is 30% and growing, It's something that I use literally every single day. And it has completely opened up my relationships with players, their families, staff. Um, It's given me some fantastic opportunities. So it's definitely, it's been a game changer for sure. And it's something that I am really glad that I continued to study at Marquette and like had the opportunity to go study abroad because I think that only enhanced my overall experience. 
Do you feel there's an extra comfort level when you're talking to someone in their native language? A thousand percent. I think, you know, our job as reporters, right? Like you, you want people to trust you. You want people to feel comfortable with you. You want people in a best case scenario to be open and honest and trust you. And that's when you have the best, most genuine conversations. That's when you get the best reactions. You know, I, I mean, there are some of our players that, that quite frankly, aren't at a level that they're comfortable doing interviews in English. You know, I, I still think it's really important that we hear from them. I think it's important that the fan base and the viewers hear from them. And I don't want them to feel excluded from that part of the baseball world either, right? Like, it's still important for their careers. Um, so I think, you know, every player comes in with their own story, their own background. Um, I love it when the guys, you know, not just when they're comfortable speaking Spanish with me every day, like all of our daily interactions, whether we're talking about life or family or whatever's going on that day or baseball stuff with their families as well, you know, making sure their families feel welcome when they come to Milwaukee or when we see them at the ballpark. Um, but I think it's also just like, it's just a connection, right? Like, and, and these guys, they come in and they are critiqued and assessed and evaluated all day, every day for everything that they're doing on the field. The last thing I want them to feel that they're being critiqued on is doing an interview, you know, in Spanish or English. I want them to feel comfortable and I want them to feel like they can do that with me. Did you always imagine that your career would end up in baseball? No, and that's kind of funny because I think people that have known me expected me to work in football, you know, yeah. I think because of like my dad and just growing up around that, I think it's not surprising, I don't think, to people that have known me like since I was a kid that I'm working in sports now. And um, But I think if you were to ask a lot of people, they'd probably say, oh, I, I would have expected her to be working in football in some capacity. But honestly, I just, I, I've really grown to love the game. I mean, I grew up, and growing up in Madison, like I grew up a Brewers fan. I went to games at County Stadium as a kid. Um, you know, of course, listening to Bob Euchre, just like every person in Wisconsin in the summer grows up listening to Bob Euchre. Um, and then, you know, going to games at Miller Park. And, you know, my my senior year when I was doing the internship with the ABC affiliate, WISN here in Milwaukee, it was 2008. And that was the year that CC Sabathia came over. The Brewers won the wild card. They ended their 26 year postseason drought. So, you know, I was there, you know, as an intern getting sound and getting all the post game stuff. And it was really fun just to be a part of that season. And I think, you know, just watching all of that unfold, what was such an exciting season for the Brewers, I really that like piqued my interest in baseball. And I think I just I, I saw that job of like working with the Milwaukee Bucks, working with the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, the state teams. I that was always a goal, but did I necessarily think it would work out that way? Like, no, because a lot of people don't get the opportunity to work in their home market. And so for it to have worked out this way has just been really amazing. It's you have grown up going to games at Miller Park and now to know that you are a part of the organization. What do you feel? It's wild. It's, it, it is, it's like, I have a lot of days where I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, <laughs> You know, like I work with some unbelievable people. Um, the franchise is like, they're so wonderful to work with from ownership, Mark Adonacio, our front office, our manager, Craig Council, who is a terrific story in his own right of being like a hometown manager. 
um, growing up in, in Whitefish Bay and playing for the Brewers, now managing his hometown team. Um, it really does, it becomes a family. And I think probably baseball more than any other sport, it just lends itself to that because you're with these people literally every single day from the middle of February at spring training until hopefully the end of October at the World Series or into the postseason, which fortunately they've reached now the last two years. But I think it just, I love the people I work with, um, you know, the opportunity to work at the ballpark every day, um, covering games, covering great teams, having an MVP and Christian Yelich on your team. You know, it's just, there's been so many great moments that, um, you know, there's a lot of days when you're like, wow, I'm really lucky to be able to do this. I hear you dropping that two-time postseason recently. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Brewers fan coming at me. Sorry about game 163, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, we're playing a get-to-know-you with Sophia. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Sophia Minert, and we are playing a little get-to-know-you. So I'll just give you a question, and uh, you just give me the answer. Pretty, self- <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. Okay. Okay, so ballpark food favorite. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll, full disclosure, I try not to eat a lot of ballpark food because I try not to weigh like twice <laughs> body weight by the end of the season. I try to eat pretty healthy. Oh, yeah. However, I will say I'm a complete sucker for like anything salty. So like mm. I love some good old like buttered popcorn. Um, Miller Park has this amazing popcorn stand that it's like, fresh and it's just it's like every time I walk past it, it's like a test um I love a good old pretzel with cheese I mean cheese curds of course at Miller Park I make sure all of my <laughs> reporter friends on the other side make sure they get their cheese curds um good yeah I'm definitely I'm a fan of all the salty things I can't do I can't do the sweet stuff I am a big nachos gal okay no, I've Miller Park you know because they give it to you in the ball oh yeah hat. yeah all out yeah that gets a little messy so i'm always that's true honestly it gets a little it seems messy. fun until you're like what do i do with my and then you're like wait a minute <laughs> but yes team, I'm, I'm team salty all the way when it comes to ballpark concessions team salty <laughs> salt favorite field you've been to oh wow um I will say my favorite road stadium is probably Dodger Stadium. I just love, I love the history of it. I love just, it's, it's old, but it's just, it's so beautifully kept up. And it's, it's one of those places that feels just really timeless. Um, and I mean, the backdrop, the weather, everything like home run for Dodger Stadium. Uh, within our division, I always tell people a sneaky one is PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Cause I think the skyline is so beautiful and, um, I just, I don't know. I always enjoy going to PNC park. Okay. <laughs> Notice she didn't say Wrigley. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I thought we were team salty. So like, you know, <laughs> most memorable game you've covered so far. Oh boy. You're going to hate this one, but I have to say game 163 at Wrigley. <laughs> um, that was last year. It was just, it was a really it was the kind of the culmination of a really great run and it was just it was it was just a day of like pure joy i just i don't know how else to describe it and again i'm I, i'm sorry for you know putting salt in a wound here but um I'm a professional. Was, <laughs> exactly 
Um, you know, the month of September was crazy. They went 20 and seven. Um, they caught the Cubs at the very end, forced a tiebreaker situation, which like that alone, like when you do this 162 game season and you find yourself tied with your rival and then you have to go on the road, win this tiebreaker game, um, sort of against all odds. It really was this culmination of like a really special season. Christian Yelich was named MVP that year. I mean, it was just, and it was one of those days where like you went in and like, there was no doubt in my mind, the team was going to win that day. Like they were just determined. They were on a special run. You know, you just get that feel as like a sports fan of like, they've got the the stuff, right? Like they've got the mojo. And I think last year in game 163, it was it was just a cool day. It was fun. It was one of those days you never forget. Is there a game each year on the schedule that you most look forward to? Not really. I mean, I can't say that there's like a specific game. I mean, there's just so many of them, quite yeah. frankly, at once sure. in the seat too. Um, I think when you look at the schedule every year, you know, you know you're gonna see your division opponents 19 or 20 times. You know that like the Brewers Cub series are always going to be crazy Brewers Cardinal series. And then I think the ones that I look forward to are always, I like to see what the interleague matchups are because those are the teams that you don't see as often. And then maybe yeah. you're going to a new ballpark or you're going to a new city or just a, a team you haven't played in a long time. Um, so those are the ones I kind of, I kind of look for if there's anything new or anything that stands out. Okay. Two personal ones to end it. Okay. First. Something we may not know about you. Oh, wow. Um, may not know about me. Mm. <laughs> this is a, you stumped me on this one. Um, I guess one thing that people may not know about me, and this is probably the least Wisconsin thing about me, is I've actually never finished a beer in my life. I know. Wait. Yeah. I don't know if that's like just the least Wisconsin thing. Like, I know. Wait, it's, really? It, because every, I mean, every, you know, Wisconsin has the rap of like everybody right. beer and cheese and the cheese, you know, right. It's like, we've got our reputation, which we wear pridely, but I've never finished a beer. Like I just, I've never been able to get into it. I've never really liked the taste. I've tried, you know, like everybody else in college and I just, I can't do it. I just, I, I've, I can't do it. So I'm not a beer drinker and I've never finished a beer. Like I would try it and then I would pass it off to like my friend. <laughs> like I'm your friend. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's probably something that people don't know about me. That's wild. Wow. I know. Now I, I can say I've, I've met one of you. I accept all judgment. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, just no, each me. their own. Yeah, it's not your thing. Yeah, I just can't. I can't get behind the taste. That saves you tons of money at them ballparks. <laughs> true, true. Not that she's ever drinking on the job. I'm not trying. <laughs> People are like, what are you talking about? Okay. It is fun to go to games as a fan, though. Like, if we ever have, like, non-TV games or, like, a game yeah. on the road, for a, like, a national game or something that we're not doing... We do sometimes do that because it's fun to sort of remember what the fan experience yeah. is like. So sometimes it's good to, you know, sit in the stands and you get a different feel for the game and have a drink, have some salty snacks. And it's fun. It's fun to sign to like do that. I try to do that at least once a season just to like remember what the fan experience is like. 
Yeah, it gives you like that different perspective and like, whoa, like this is yeah. kind of like why I love this from the other side, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think like we all came into this as fans. Like you don't want to yeah. lose that part, right, of like why you watch sports and why you love this crazy world. So Okay, last one. Something you're proud of yourself for. Oh, boy. Um, yes, we're all about positive one. affirmations here. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm just, I'm proud of kind of where I've gotten, but also, like, I didn't take a conventional path. So I'm proud of the fact yeah. that I stuck with it. You know, like, I didn't major in television, you know, I kind of got a later start in terms of like interning. I didn't work in a local TV market ever coming up. Like I kind of took my own path in terms of working for a production company, doing every high school sport under the sun, um, being a part of like these live webcasts and games. Um, I guess I, I'm proud of the fact that like I stuck with it, even though that there are times that I questioned like, will this ultimately pay off or am I doing the right thing? Should I switch to something else? Should I go back? Should I go work in local news or local sports instead of doing this high school sports production path? Um, but ultimately I'm just, I am proud that like I stuck with it. You know, it did ultimately work out. I did end up in a fantastic job, um, a job that I love and I'm very grateful for. Um, and I think there's like a great lesson in that too, of like everybody's path can be different and that's a good thing that should be celebrated. Like, you know, that's one thing, like I love the title of your, your podcast, like how she did it. Like, I think you probably have talked to however many people and they all give you a different story. And mm -hmm. I think that's great. Like, it can be maddening, you know, it can be really frustrating because I think sometimes you want like the easy step-by-step -step plan and you want like the affirmation that it's all going to work out the way that you want it to. But I think that's something that should be celebrated is that, you know, and everybody should be proud of that. Like no matter what your story is, no matter what your background is, how you got there, how long it took you, um, when you figured it out, like, I think there's a lot of value in that of like, it, it does work out, you know? and and I've always thought too, like there's a lot of value in ruling things out, um, ruling out things that don't work for you or you don't like or you, things you wanna change. And then that ultimately gets you to where you wanna be. We all end up there somehow. It's just like a matter of like staying the course, I always say. Yes, you know? exactly. Like not letting it rock you too much or like get to just like riding the wave. Exactly, exactly. And I think everybody has those moments, right? Of like, you question, you doubt, you wonder, you know, you stress, like, what am I doing? Is this going to work? Should I be doing something else? I think everybody has those moments, you know, and I think, you know, everyone struggles with the like, okay, well, what's next part too, you know, of just keep, just keeping going. I think yeah. there's there's a, there's a lot to be said for that, you know, to like, just keep going. Yeah. And I think that there's also like a lot of value in like learning to like, just love where you're at and like appreciate yes. the job you have, the people around you and not getting so caught up in what's next. What am I doing? Like, yeah, just takes away from the enjoyment of, of what you have. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that 
I don't want to lose sight of either. Like I just finished 2013 was my first opening day. And yeah. so, you know, I, I still feel that way. Like every opening day is still special. Like every year that you're in whatever role you're in, every yeah. year that you're in that is so special. Like you're a part of something that's really unique and really cool. And, and year to year, it's different. You know, you don't know like what's going to happen that year. You don't know what the story is going to be. And so to be a part of that, you know, it's a very small part of that day in and day out. I try not to lose sight of like how unique that is and, you know, not to take that part of it for granted. Okay, guys, you had a ton of questions for Sophia this week coming up. She's answering a few of them. Welcome back inside how she did it. Still here with Sophia Minert. She's answering your questions now. So first, these aren't questions. They're just statements. And I'm all about like sending the good vibes here. Paul Nathan Young says he's a big fan of yours and the Brewers broadcast crew. And we've got Matt Gleason and him and his wife are naming their baby after their favorite reporter, Sophia. So that's really sweet. If y'all want to connect about that gender reveal, Twitter. That's very sweet. Wow. That's crazy. That's very funny. Um, It's funny because when I was growing up, there were like no Sophia's. And now it's become like one of the most popular girls' names in probably the last four years. So now I feel like I've met like a ton of little Sophias, um, but that's so sweet. Oh, another little Sophia coming into yes. the world soon. Yes. So we talked a little bit about this earlier in regards to your family, but Amber Schroeder would like to know, is there anyone in particular or anything that inspired you to become a sports reporter? I think just like what I love the most about sports is that once the game starts, like we can think we have it all figured out, right? Like we mm-hmm. can do all of our research, all of our prep, look at all the numbers, have all the conversations. You think you know how things are going to go. And then the game starts and you just don't know, you know, and then your job is like to react and to tell the story the best you can, um, you know, to be honest in how you're telling that story, like to be fair. And it just, I just love that like every day is different. And I think, especially in baseball, it's extremely routine oriented, but every day there's, there's the opportunity to see something that you've never seen before, you know, or you don't know what guy's going to have a crazy night, or maybe somebody's going to throw a no hitter or, you know, you just don't know like what the moment is going to be that day. And I think that is the fun part, you know, is that baseball in particular, like as much as it's so routine oriented and as much as it can be like Groundhog Day of like games every single day and and the routine of that, I think it's still cool, you know, like live sports is still like the one thing that people, you know, make a point to watch and drive so much of people's routines and lives and socially and what it does for a community and a city. So I think that's that's kind of the fun part, you know, is like being a part of that. Uh, Rachel Aaron says, do your career goals include ever wanting to do play-by-play or analysis? Ooh. It's funny because this is a conversation that I've had with our play-by-play announcer, um, Brian Anderson, who is one of the best in the country. And we're extremely lucky to have him with the Brewers because um, he does a lot of national work for Turner as well. Um, and... I don't know. I struggle with that because I feel like I have so much respect for BA, 
for Matt LePay, who also works with us, um, Craig Kashan, who does play-by-play -play for us. Like, I just, I have so much respect for that job and how difficult it is and the responsibility that you have to, like, be the lead voice on a broadcast. And I just think you have to really want to do it. And I'm not sure I'm there yet. Like, I love the fact that women are getting more opportunities, not just as analysts, but in play-by-play -play as well. You're seeing a little bit more of it now in baseball, I think across all the sports. Um, I know you've had Doris Burke on and Sarah, Sarah Kustak. Um, I mean, I love those women as well. Like, I, I love seeing women getting more opportunities. I want to see that continue. Um, in terms of doing play-by-play, -play, I'm just not sure I'm there yet, but I'm not ruling it out. It's been, it's been an ongoing conversation. Maybe one day there's no rush. We were just talking about how we don't know what our future holds. I know, I know. And but I think, you know, you're always looking at like, what's that next challenge or like, what's a way yeah. to challenge myself? And, and I've had this conversation with BA and with Matt and it's like, I have so much respect for what they do. And they're also like two of the best to do it, not just in our state, but across the country, you know, and these are guys that have been doing it for decades and they're so well respected. Um, I have so much respect for the work that they do. And I'm by no means trying to compete with them and say, like, I'm on their level. <laughs> um, but may, I mean, maybe someday. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. To be determined. All right. Next up, Daniel Kruger, 32, uh, says, Sophia, when do you start preparing for all the changes that will be coming for the 2020 season? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So right now, um, the Brewers are in the midst of their kind of 50th anniversary launch, looking ahead to 2020. And I think in terms of on the field, we're all kind of waiting to see what general manager David Stearns does with the roster in terms of, you know, we are anticipating the roster to look really different for next year. Um, I'll say in terms of content, you know, I've met with our digital team at the Brewers um, for our Brewers on Tap YouTube series, shameless plug. Um, please subscribe, please watch, um, plug it, literally <laughs> plug it again, plug it again, Brewers on tap. Um, you know, we're in the midst of like planning our off season content, what that's going to look like, you know, spring training and Brewers on deck, the, the fan fest that comes up, all this stuff comes up really fast. Um, the off season passes by really quickly. And I think we're also waiting to find out what our team's going to look like, um, so there's, there's a lot of planning and conversations that happen right now, um, especially surrounding the 50th anniversary. So there'll be stuff coming up, but um, yeah, we'll see. It's always fun to kind of see what works from the year before and what you want to try to do different for the following year. It has been such a treat to get to talk with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I will always drink the rest of your beer. <laughs> I owe you a beer. Thanks for having me on. For Sophia Minner, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It.